Geek number 15, November 11th, 2008. Recorded live in the bottom of Mother Brain's jar on the planet Zebes. Zebes, ooh. Does that mean that we're space pirates? Uh, you're some kind of pirate, but I don't think it would be appropriate for me to speculate. <laughs> yes, that would be totally inappropriate. <laughs> yes, so, well, welcome everybody to Tweaking Geek. I'm your co-host, Craig. And I'm your soon-to-be former co-host, Pat, if I keep pestering Craig. That's right. Pat will soon be pushing up daisies. <laughs> and that will just be because he will take a gardening class. Hey, I wanted to take a second before we get going to shout out to all of our listeners who are totally awesome and intelligent and good-looking and feeling kind of neglected after our last podcast. We love you guys, sort of. All, all of our long-term listeners, all you new people, you're okay. <laughs> you can earn your way up to, you know, good-looking and not unintelligent. That's right, yeah, not unintelligent. Well, we do have very talented, smart, wonderful, perfect, delightful, delicious, and fabulous listeners. However, remember our little offer of a uh, contest last week? Who's Tweak and who's Geek? Yeah, I still don't know who's who. Uh, Apparently no one else does. Apparently no one else is willing to try to guess. All we've got was a couple of, of, and I'm sorry, listeners, weak attempts at at, uh, saying that they didn't really want to guess because that would ruin it. What? What? Exactly. Okay. Losers. Anyway, so (laughs) we've made our attempt to go all Web 2.0 this week, haven't we? We have. Uh, So we now have a Facebook group for Tweaking Geek. We do. Uh, Oh, yes, we do. Yeah. So come join our Facebook group. Search for Tweaking Geek on Facebook. You'll find it. We have a discussion wall. Uh, I, I don't know what this gives us over a blog, but it's cool and it's on Facebook. And I actually joined, although I was like the 20th member of Tweaking Geek or something like yeah, you're, that. You were totally one of the last people to join. What's up with that? I know. In fact, I think you joined so late that I still haven't even made you an admin. So Craig <laughs> is in, inferior and on a level with just the casual visitors now. I'm I'm casual. Well, it's kind of I kind of think of it like uh, you know everybody goes to these like award shows, and then all the audience is there, or whatever. And then at the at the very kind of like at the very last minute, that's when all the celebrities come up in their limos onto the red carpets and walk in. So they're always like the last to arrive. So you're kind of like that person who shows up at the party like 20 minutes early and is sitting there until all the cool guests arrive, which is. No, you don't- you know what's really too bad about this, though? No. This means that where you and I are officers of the Tweaking Geek group, our titles are unknown. So we're both Tweak or Geek. Really? Yeah, we don't even know. That's creep. very – that is creepy. Spooky. Creep and spook. That would be <laughs> – that, that would be our evil universe counterpart podcast. <laughs> <laughs> creepy and spooky alright oh, so uh, our election day is passed how was your election party it was good I actually I went to two and uh, had to actually decline an invitation to a third I, I apparently post one slacker I did I will I had too many invitations to them apparently like I'm a great guest for election parties wow yeah I bet you let it all out I, I did I had well I did not play the martini slash beer 
game. So, so we were we were watching the coverage and going state by state, right? And so, like your first states are taking hours after the polls close to announce, and then like milliseconds after the polls close on the west coast, they called all three states on the west coast. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, I remember. I was at, I was at my party, and it was like. 10:55, and like we were all just kind of like oh this is getting late we're all just gonna go home or whatever so uh i was about the last to leave so i was just saying you know hey thanks a lot and i said oh look it's like you know 10:58. i'll just wait till 11 o'clock to see if any other returns come in see if we get any closer and so it was like 11 like 11 o'clock and 30 seconds and literally they're like you know it jumped up from like 207 to like you know 7,368 votes for Obama. And I'm like, holy crap, how'd that happen? It's like, oh, you know, the 96 million voters in California apparently just all cast their ballot simultaneously. Right. So while I was uh, waiting to leave work, I was watching the Yahoo online, like, real-time maps. Yeah. And something must have gone really strange in Maine because they they listed that it was two to one uh, in favor of Obama. But I don't mean, like, two-thirds to one-third. I mean, they actually had three votes listed. <laughs> it was literally two to one. Uh, well, and, the state, and the state had already called it for Obama. Well, and and we know we never get that high a vote, voter turnout here, so it could it, not... It's ridiculous. I, I thought it was going to split one each. <laughs> well, do you want to know an interesting piece of trivia? Do I have a choice? Uh, you do. You have a choice, but your selection won't make any difference. <laughs> so, regardless of whether I want to know it, you're going to tell me. Then That's I right. want to know it. Well, since I'm in Maine, did you know that Maine can split its electoral votes? Ah, it's one of very few, or is it the only state that can do that? I think it's one of only two. I think Colorado can do it too. I, I don't think anyone has ever actually split their votes, but we have two districts here and two electoral votes in each district. So, well, you know that. Obviously, we're always pretty much one of the biggest uh, states to have an effect on the election. Right, because those four votes are decisive. They're very decisive. And so they were. Isn't four votes the least you're possibly allowed to have? Or can you have three? You can have three. Wyoming and Vermont have three. Ah. So, yeah. so it could be worse. Oh, I think you're Alaska. Like 33% more important than Vermont. That is. Just something that I'm not sure that I can ever, like, wrap my mind around. And South Park had an episode about the election one day later. That's pretty impressive. They did. Was it... Good turnaround time. Was it accurate? Yes, they actually referred to the outcome of the election one day later. I I bet... You know what I bet they did? They did it probably, like... uh, The companies that make t-shirts for, like, the Super Bowl. They make equal amount, equal parts you know, of for each team and then they just pretty much hope or you know, they like kinda guess who the winner's gonna be and they make more for that and they hope that uh they predict it right so that they only have to throw away half their T shirts. Yeah, the way the episode was constructed I could see large parts of it being put Obama logos here, put McCain logos here <laughs> and read two minutes of dialogue and go. Um but it was pretty funny. Um but out here in California the election the presidential election wasn't even a point of interest. I mean we Amazingly, California voted liberal. <gasps> oh my god! That? Yeah, <laughs> the liberal um, party. <laughs> but out here, uh, Proposition Eight was the big one. This was a referendum for a constitutional amendment defining marriage between a man and a woman. Oh, so um, let me guess how it turned out. Uh, because of the way California is being so liberal, they upheld the uh, the right of everybody to have equal opportunity under the law. Right? 
Um, surprisingly, no, not so much. Uh, the election, the vote came down uh, 52% in favor, so uh, the amendment is passed, and there are like 4 million protests every second and all kinds of stuff to get it redone. But that's not what I want to talk about. That's not very tweaking That's too political. Who cares about that? Okay. Um, but I, someone sent me this link to uh, The Sun, which I think is like an online British tabloid. <laughs> this is great. Some Japanese dude started a campaign to legalize marriages between humans and cartoon characters. Wow. Um, I don't, I don't know how this works, right? Because what if like lots of people want to marry some cartoon character? Um, I don't know. You, I'm not sure. Well, I just have to say, I'm not sure. But the, they refer the adjective they use to describe this Japanese man is barmy. <laughs> that's that's po- that's like positive. I don't speak I, British. I'm not sure. I, I'm I, I'm I think Barmy might be crazy, but I'm not sure. Or maybe it's good, or or, or like you know it's warm weather. I'm not sure. All right, you're probably right. So anyway, I just wanted to bring that up because if you want to talk about real controversy, I think what's destroying the family in America is too many people marrying cartoon characters. All right, Pat, if you could marry a cartoon character, who would you marry? Jessica Rabbit. Oh, come on. That's so lame. What? Oh, yeah. She's she's not bad. She's just drawn that way. (laughs) I would – if I could marry a cartoon character, I would marry – I don't know. I don't know any cartoon characters. How okay, about... my, my answer's lame, and you don't even have one? Well, yours is like, oh, let's choose the one that looks most like a human person. Like a hot, gorgeous, attractive woman human person. Come on. No, I, I stand by it. I mean, I'm not going to marry, like, Aqua Teen Hunger Force. <laughs> no. Oh, Minnie Mouse. That's who I'd marry. Minnie Mouse. <laughs> why, why Minnie Mouse? She's a mouse, dude. Because <laughs> I like vermin. Oh, well, okay, that worked. And that's Mini. why you're podcasting with me. <laughs> Minnie, for our anniversary, I got you a big spring-loaded <laughs> piece of wire on a board. <laughs> Look, and there's peanut butter on it for you. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, so, right, so. Uh, what else is new this week? Oh, the World of Warcraft expansion, Wrath of the Lich King, comes out this week. Yay! I'm, I've already pre-ordered mine. There are going to be like people showing up at midnight tomorrow as we're recording this, although it'll probably be like weeks ago by the time it actually gets out. <gasps> but Or a week ago. It'll be a few days ago. It won't be in the future anymore. Anyway, people are going to show up like in costume. They'll be like, look, I am, I am Dragor, the night elf warrior, and I am here to rescue you. Box of computer game from the evil... Game store people. Do you think they're really going to be that lame? No, but they'll be pretty lame. I was at the last one, so just a bunch of geeks who wanted to get their game and get home and start playing immediately. Ah. Well, today, there's going to be a lot more geeks who are going to want to start home and play immediately. Because apparently today, according to my roommate, who is pretty much the prince of World of Warcraft, he said that... Like the prince? (laughs) No, like wow. like like the uh, uh, the sexually ambiguous pop star of World of Warcraft. <laughs> no, he. Uh, wow. said, so, so you're saying he plays a blood elf? <laughs> I 
You don't laugh. You didn't even get that. <laughs> no, I, I, I just know that that's probably actually pretty apt, and I don't, I don't get it. I'm, I was thinking, <laughs> I don't know what a blood elf is, but it's got to be funny. World of Warcraft makes me laugh. You could just say, say something that is blatantly not funny about World of Warcraft. Auction house. <laughs> See, that's pretty funny. <laughs> okay. Ooh. Ooh, it's, is that hot in here or is it just me? <laughs> uh, <laughs> All okay. right, so, so the, pr- the, the artist formerly known as the Prince of World of Warcraft yes. is doing something. Yes. No, he's not doing anything. And neither is anybody else who plays World of Warcraft. Well, they're not playing World of Warcraft anyway. Because apparently last night's uh, server maintenance which happens, I guess, at 3 o'clock in the morning Pacific time, is still going on as of 10 o'clock Eastern time tonight. And it oh, is. dear God, the horror. Yes, and uh, so this is like the day before uh, the expansion comes out. So apparently, and what he said is that on their message board, or where I don't know where they post things, but that pretty much every hour they've been extending it by an hour and now they're down to like every 45 minutes they're set excuse me they're extending it by 45 minutes so i just think it's very funny because <laughs> i was actually like here getting ready to podcast and he like walks out of his room and goes and sits on the couch in the living room and i'm like crying no i just like kind of yeah, looking a little forlorn i'm like i'm like what are you doing out here you know with you know it, something must be going on in the world of Warcraft to get you out of the, uh, you know, out of the game. And he's like, "This sucks." The, you know, the he t- told me the story about the thing, and he said, "If we did this, he works with me. If we did this at our work, you know, we'd all be fired." Blah blah blah. And I said, "Well, you know, at least it's not, <laughs> at least it's not like you know, a server that runs like a heart lung machine or something." He's like, "Yeah, if that was the case, there would be eleven million dead people right now." Yeah, people always kind of overreact at game downtimes. <laughs> well, I just uh, what made me laugh the most about that was the thought of distributed computing for a heart lung machine. That he imagine <laughs> <laughs> you just like have like eleven million like heart transplant patients in like eleven million beds with like one server controlling everything. And I I can definitely see that something's up because the whole time we've been on this. Uh, Skype call, I haven't been able to get to the World of Warcraft forums, so that usually means there are millions of people being cranky. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going off script, and by the way, for our readers, we usually actually have a script, believe it or not, uh, more or less, or at least like a light outline of a script, but I'm going off that script now. Oh my gosh, what? So something that I always think is interesting about these online games is uh, there's a lot of complaining about maintenance downtimes, right? Yes. Um, a lot of these, a lot of these games have scheduled downtime. And uh, World of Warcraft, I believe, still has a maintenance window every week, although they don't use it every week anymore. Uh, Tuesday, uh, early Tuesday morning, I guess, is when it is. I don't know if they always do it or if it's been reduced in frequency. It's been so long since I've played. Um, but people complain bitterly if they somehow have to do out of window maintenance or if they overshoot their window at all. Uh, and it's really interesting because right, people come into this and say, oh, but World of Warcraft makes millions of dollars every month, right? I figure they've got 11 million subscribers, uh, U.S. subscribers pay $15 a month, uh, Chinese subscribers pay very, very little. So, you know, wash it all out. But figure they figure they make ballpark 8 bucks per user, right? Right. That's, that's $80 bucks a month. That's a lot of income. 
Um, but as people who've worked in IT before, uh, the difference between where they are now, which is like 99% uptime, and 99.9% uptime is huge, right? Yeah. We're not talking about 0.9% more work. We're probably talking about 100 times more work to keep that kind of ridiculous uptime. So it's just interesting. People have this weird conception that it's not that hard to provide a high uptime service. Well, you know, and the kind of the, the reality of everything is with an, with these online games, no matter how good your infrastructure is, blah, 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 there's still a bunch of human beings doing stuff, and it's not perfect, you know, and things will happen, and things do happen. Oh, yeah, and I mean, think of all the things they run into, right? I'm sure they have an internal test platform, but what are the odds that it's really a 100% match to their live platform? Well, unless they have, you know, whatever 8 million people or 10 million people actually testing it, then it's not I'll even guess that they have differences on their live platform. They've been uh, in production for so long that I guarantee they have different versions of servers and different hardware on different machines. I mean, they've got to by now. You you, you just can't buy a three-year-old server these days. Not easily. Oh, yeah, exactly. Let me ask you this. You you know all about gaming now, right? You, you're a game worker, and I'm I'm, I'm just, go that far, but yeah, yes. All right. uh, I'm going off script too. Uh, tell me this: when they say like on you know you and I say you and I are playing World of Warcraft or playing on different servers, you hear, you hear that term a lot. Oh, we're playing on different servers. I'm on you know server Gilgamesh, and you're on server like Pentateuch. Um, so. Is it wow, actually get some reference points tonight? <laughs> <laughs> so, so when we're playing on different servers, are is there like is there just like one like server or or no, is it, it like it, a data it really, center? It really depends on the uh, on on the game and the scope of the game. But I would imagine for a game like Warcraft, when we say different uh, servers. And I think they call them realms. They probably mean different clusters. I mean, I'd imagine there's a whole cluster driving each "quote unquote" server. But do you like, think there's like when you say cluster, like fifty computers, or a hundred, or a thousand, or a million, or a billion, or obviously not a billion? Wouldn't surprise me if there were twenty to fifty uh, servers involved in Warcraft. Now I want to now I want to know if that's a if that's documented anywhere. Um, but yeah, I mean you're typically talking many machines, right? Yeah. Um, I would, I would strongly disbelieve that a single machine runs an entire World of Warcraft realm. Well, so how many do you think? If one computer in a World of Warcraft realm goes down, what do you think happens? Like, do you think um, they're failovers? Parts, parts of the world can become inaccessible. Um, I'm sure they have some sort of failover, though. What happens if you're in that part of the world that becomes inaccessible? Um, sucks to be you. Do you just like go into this the deep sleep of oblivion, which is another World of Warcraft do, realm, do, of course. Do androids dream of electric sheep? Uh, I wouldn't know. Um, so I'm I'm actually checking a site now on how stuff works, has a how World of Warcraft works. Oh, so as of 2006, Blizzard claimed to have 9,000 servers uh, around the world. Right, so they've got a whole bunch of stuff. Right, they have some servers that are services that are uh, not related to game realms, right? So you have an authentication server. I'm sure they have a commerce server, all that kind of stuff. You mean like an e-commerce server where people like pay for their subscriptions and stuff? Yes. Okay. 
um, authentication right so I log into my account but my account might have characters on a whole bunch of realms um, and each realm is divided into a whole bunch of servers right uh, there are three main continents uh, which I'm sure are subdivided into zones that have their own servers and I would believe that the zones that make up the continents probably have multiple servers as well um, there are instances, which is uh, you take a bunch of people and go into a place and it makes a copy of it that only you can get to. I'm sure those get their own uh, servers. Uh, so there's a lot of stuff going on. I mean, there are databases behind all this. There are web servers, web services. Um, I don't know if you've heard of it, but there's a, a feature called the Armory of World of Warcraft that lets you actually inspect characters in the game. So that's being fed in some data warehousing kind of fashion. Um, player versus wow. player contests on World of Warcraft happen outside the context of the realm, so I'm sure those have their own servers. What they do is they'll they'll put like a group of realms into what they call a battle group. Yeah. So five realms might all fight player versus player games on the same server. So um, I would I would really suspect that it's one between one and three dozen actual physical servers for a single realm. But I'm guessing. I'm making that up. No, I, well, I, that seems pretty reasonable. Uh, that that's fewer than I would have thought, but I don't really know about these things. I, I would have thought like hundreds of servers per realm, but you know, yeah, like you, you very well could be right. Well, but I'm but I'm not. I have no like information that makes me say that. I just just like this gut feel because I mean I've seen people playing World of Warcraft. And it just looks pretty complicated. But I, I guess well, tell me this: all the landscape and stuff like that. Pretty much all that stuff is contained on the client computer, right? Is that true? Um, How does that work? Well, typically, uh, with an online game, you have um, the server is kind of the authoritative answer to what's going on in the game, um, but it farms a lot of the detail off to the client. So it's possible that the server has a much less detailed version of the map than the client has. Right? Clearly, the server's not going to be de- worried about details like art and appearance, right? So it's probably going to be a physics simulation-oriented um, game. Um, and at the same time, the client's going to have a lot of the same kind of simulation going on, right? So what happens is you, you do stuff on your client, it gets data in, it makes projections about what's probably going to happen. Oh. And then the game server is actually running what did happen, and it updates you, and your client knows how to uh, recover when it, something it projected isn't what actually happened. So if like you walk over there, but in in the game you actually walk over there. I'm pointing to a different place. Like the game, the client might actually make your character walk from over there number one to over there number two. Right. Like if I'm walking, say I'm walking and I'm like slowly edging to the right. Yeah. Your client seeing that might decide, oh, I'm probably going to keep edging slightly to the right. But then I actually make a sharp turn left. And at some point, it's going to synchronize with what the server tells it is authoritative. And it's going to say, oh, no, he actually went left. And you might, if you were looking really closely, you might see me snap over to that position or something like that. Uh, they call that rubber banding. Ah, is that, um, is you, that have, a- you, you have to do a lot of that because, first of all, there's a lot of animation and stuff going on on your computer that would be ridiculous for the, the server doesn't even need to know about, right? Right. Just if you're casting a spell and there's some particle effect going on, the server doesn't care about the particle effect. It, it'll care about the outcome of your spell. So your client will handle that level of simulation. Um, and you know, you've got to, you, you have to do some prediction on the client uh, if you want a smooth experience because there's going to be lag, there's going to be drop packets, uh, latency. So you, you really need to try to forecast ahead and compensate for that. So 
speaking of like this network lag and everything, does uh, World of Warcraft use TCP or UDP? Because I know older games, uh, to my knowledge, older online games were using UDP, but that was, but sometimes that would make you have to uh, set up your routers and so forth to let the packets through since it's connectionless. What do you, do you know? What World of Warcraft uses? Um, I don't know, uh, but I would be really shocked if they didn't use UDP. Okay. Um, so th- for listeners who may not know, um, you have two ways that you can send data out to the internet. One is called uh, TCP IP, which is – do you know that one? Transfer it, control – transmission control protocol? Yeah. Um, so that is it's, – uh, it's like certified mail. Um, your your data will get to where it's going or else you will be told about it. It will arrive in order um, as well. So if I say one, two, three, four, the recipient will receive it as one, two, three, four. Well, technically it doesn't arrive in order. It can arrive in any order, but you, you, It'll be you have... It'll reassemble. Yeah, if you have information that tells you how you can reassemble it. Right. So, um, and there's a lot of overhead involved with the guaranteed delivery part of that. Um, So for something like a game where every millisecond you can shave off really matters, um, you like to to use what's called UDP. And what do you know what UDP stands for? User Datagram Protocol. Ah, so this is you're just kind of firing and forgetting, and you're sending packets of information as fast as you can, and there's no guarantee that they'll arrive, that they'll arrive in order, um, that they'll arrive at all. Right. And so you typically do your own kind of logic in there to uh, kind of a lightweight version of what TCP would have done for you, where you figure out how to reconstruct um, the right order and say, oh, these packets came in in the wrong order. Well, just forget about the old ones and things like that. Exactly. Yeah, because UDP is just actually a very thin uh, like wrapper around – uh, IP, which is like TCP and UDP are both based on IP, which is connectionless. And UDP just basically adds port number and uh, and IP address uh, to yeah, yeah, port number and IP address. Where TCP has all the other stuff in the packet, which basically says you know reassembly, how it's going to be reassembled, and the handshake and all that. So uh, it, it's it's definitely much more efficient. And uh, some, you know, when you take like a networking class, they'll talk about how UDP is kind of like the old protocol that, uh, you know, is just not as good. But apparently it's still good for some stuff. It's still used in a lot of applications where performance matters. Um, Even we're we're using Skype for this, and I bet you Skype is UDP. You think so? I I would be – I'd be surprised if it's not. Anytime performance really starts to matter – um, UDP is a is an option to consider. Next time we do this, I'm going to turn on a packet sniffer and and see if I've got a bunch of UDP packets going out or TCP packets going out. This is this is the domain of the very geeky and those who have no life. So, of which I am both a member of. So, according to Wikipedia, um, Skype uses both. Ah, yep. So so. Uh, it negotiates what it needs. It sounds like it might use TCP to log in and then UDP to actually talk to other clients if it can. It prefers UDP, but it'll use TCP if it has to. Ah, well, yeah, that that makes sense. Just as you said with the whole performance thing, and because I say it makes sense, so it does. Okay. <laughs> so I think we've we've beaten this into the ground. I, I think that. Was- Sorry. 
Sorry, listeners who didn't want to geek out like that. That, that was this is what happens when we go off script. We're like, did you invert the polarity matrix on the tachyon field? Yes, but there was but a graviton pulse emission in the forward sensor array. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. That will overload the warp core. Speaking of using warp speed to go to new places, I've got a, an interesting thing that's going on in my career right now. You know how you moved from Georgia to California the other day? Yeah. Or the other month? Well, So that was like 2,300 miles. Exactly. Well, okay. now my company moved from one town to the next town over. We have a new office space. Wow! So you moved like two point three miles. It was. It was. We probably moved ten miles. Uh, oh. Which, oh well, that's totally different. But it is now exactly three point four miles from my house to my work. Well, that's good. Yeah, it is. It was like ten miles before, eight miles or something. Uh, and so, uh, and you know, it doesn't have to add up because it was. They're like not linear, but anyway, so. All right, cut that, cut that. Um, but anyway, so it's closer for me. Wait, why did you tell me to cut that? You record. That was more for myself. Maybe I won't cut that. All right, okay, <laughs> me of the past, do not cut that. Okay, no, so... This is getting all Bill and Ted. <laughs> me of the past, go back and kill Pat's parents so that he'll never be born. Ah, uh, yes, uh. sweet. Hmm, for some reason, I feel like I'm all alone right now. Uh, okay. Anyway, all right, Pat, you can come back to life now. Thank you, oh, sir. <laughs> okay. So anyway, so my company moved. So before, my IT consulting firm was located in a basically in a big brown warehouse, or it's like a big brown building where there was a furniture warehouse, an auto auto glass replacement company, and a. Uh, like a mapping, I don't know, not mapping software, but like a company that like made maps, like pretty much. A, and I've I've been there. It was pretty nondescript. <laughs> yeah, it's like pretty much. You know, it's like wow, you work in a big brown rectangle, <laughs> and it was rectangular. But and and yeah, you've actually been inside. You had been inside the office, and it was it was kind of, uh, you know, kind of. You know, low second tier office space, not particularly great. But so we we moved. So my company uh, got somehow got a line on some office space available in this new building that just went up. So we're, we're in this like brand new office building, and we have all this new office space. The only thing is, our company is growing, which in this economy is great. Except for we're we're in about two thirds the space that we were before, and. Uh, it's just kind of interesting. Uh, what made me think why I'm mentioning this is because we're kind of having some growing pains right now as developers because there's six or seven of us developers, and we are now cramped in this little teeny space of about 100 square feet per person, which if you think about it, it sounds like, oh, my gosh, you've got 100 square feet. What are you going to do with the other you know, 95 of them that you're not using? But No, that's a small room. I mean that's – a bathroom. Uh, yeah. Maybe. Uh, no, it, it, right. It's it, Imagine something uh, 100 square feet would basically be, you know, right, 10 feet by 10 feet. Uh, you know, and that's real. that includes, like, you know, aisle. 
So, yeah, that's it. And that's including, I mean, I assume you're averaging. So that's including a like, comment space and stuff too. Uh, for no, I mean, we each personally get a hundred square feet. Oh, okay. So, you know, and, but you know, it's like a hundred square feet, but that includes desk and aisle. So you actually probably have about, you know, just, you know, basically enough to roll your chair back and forth. So, yeah, because the rule the rule of thumb is 175 to 200 square feet per employee. So that that's really tight quarters. It, it is very tight quarters, and it. So what I wanted to kind of talk about was what are some of the, uh, what are some of the kind of pros and cons of of make, getting like nice space, but really kind of shoving your developers into like little little areas, and like what are some of the things that can kind of cause problems there. Okay, and I'm I'm going to say as a counterpoint, my the company I work for is about a two year old startup, so we're still a fairly young company, and we've been in a growth phase for a while, and we finally decided we'd overrun our, our office space, um, and we were down to about a hundred square feet per employee, and we moved uh, for that exact reason because we it was just too tight. Um, so our number one thing is you just you just get noise. Uh, it's it's not a quiet work environment when you're that close. Um, now, one thing that was very different for us and we have maintained, we don't have cubicles or cube walls. Everyone works on open tables uh, in one room, essentially. Um, and that includes even our executive team. I mean, everyone has a desk in the room on the floor. How do you like that? Um, it's great for communication. It can be a little rough you know, when things get noisy and you're trying to concentrate. It's a lot better in our new location where we're back up to having more like 200 square feet apiece. Yeah, see, at my old office, I, ha- I had a full, uh, a full cubicle, and we did until they actually kind of ran out of cubicle walls, which apparently are quite expensive. Building a cubicle is like not just like, you know, $100. It's like, you know, thousands of dollars for cubicle walls to like set up like an office, uh, which I didn't realize that. But when we ran out of cubicle walls, what we did is uh, they just started kind of putting people out in the open, and uh, everyone kind of disliked it. And one of the things that we don't like is uh, – or that I've heard complaints about is the noise. And you get, end up getting kind of people standing around talking and having these conversations and not really being kind of uh, aware that in an open environment – your voice just carries like nothing, you know, or like nobody's business. So, yeah, it's true. And, uh, and you do in an open environment, I think you foster the ad hoc hallway meeting without hallways and that it, it can be a real distraction. There's no, there's no two ways about that. Yeah. And, and we're, we're trying to kind of adapt by, we have this using this instant messenger client that we have. So we actually, you know, I instant message people that are five feet away just so we don't kind of talk out loud and disturb everybody, which is good. But that's not a bad way to go. You also get logs of your conversation, which can be nice later on. Yeah. Well, not some of the things that we instant message back and forth probably shouldn't be logged, but uh, (laughs) I'm, I'm sure they shouldn't be logged. But Note to Craig's boss listening to this podcast, go read Craig's chat logs. <laughs> yes. He, note, note to my boss listening to this. Ignore that last comment. We, <laughs> well, uh, well, one of the things that is kind of interesting is that we have basically in, in where we are, we have eight people. We have like a project manager and seven developers or like designers, you know, but basically eight of us 
in eight slots. And so what happens if we're going to grow? And the kind of thing that we're, they're talking about doing is having these hotspots, which I'm still kind of like not sure about the idea. I mean, I'm sure what it means, but not sure how I feel. But basically the concept is that rather than coming to work and going and sitting at a desk, you kind of have a schedule of who's working from home. So you never get more than eight people in the office at one time. So you're doing a kind of a hoteling scheme. Yeah. Well, we're not yet, but that will be kind of the, uh, the, the thing, you know? And yeah, for, for a lot of bulk development, I think that would work. Uh, I know I'm, I'm the kind of person who thrives on face to face contact. So, um, I'd I'd have a hard time with that kind of an environment, I think. But uh, for a lot of developers, I think it'll work. Um, it's going it's going to be murder on design work and meetings and specifications. Yeah, I, I find it hard to do that stuff at home. I actually do a lot of the design and specifications, so that's kind of uh, what I'm worried about. But it, it's it's very interesting. Uh, I don't really have a uh, a judgment yet because there's a lot of really good things about this new space you know the 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 old space was kind of run down and whatever now the space the space is like new and clean and you know and there's really a very professional feel about it and it just it makes you feel like you know you're working in a, a good environment not a kind of you know a bargain basement environment you know clients love the idea of being able to go to that nice shiny new building and even if our work is exactly the same, they get a kind of this good feel about it. That's good. Um, but do you guys deal with a lot of real sensitive data? Because that would be my biggest worry would be, you know, if the machine's not really your private machine and you're all sharing and hoteling, how does that work? Well, it wouldn't be would – we, you, we'd, we'd all have laptops and, like, dock stations. Ah, okay. So, uh, no, we don't – our data isn't particularly sensitive, uh, you know, just medical records, uh, social security numbers, and uh, you know, and uh, like legal documents—nothing major. Oh, okay, that's safe. So I, I actually just when I if I need to take work home, I just post them on a public website and then go home so I can download them that way. Well, that sounds like a great idea. Good practice. It, it is. You know, I, I don't need to practice because I get it right the first time. Ha ha ha. <laughs> uh, so this is like. So I didn't want this uh, segment to sound whiny because that's really not what this is all about. This is just I, – I think it's kind of a, a, an interesting thing and uh, you know I'll probably talk more about it as we move on because this is definitely like a new different thing you know, where some of us got, got more space. Some of us lost space. You know, We're definitely in tighter quarters and I'm wondering if that's going to actually foster a better team environment, you know, kind of a solidarity thing. It really can. Um, I know our open environment works really well for us. Well, that's good to hear. That's good to hear. So, um, my any of my coworkers that listen to this will uh, will hear you, and they will stop their despair for at least thirty seconds. And it will apply, you know, social pressure for improved personal hygiene. Yeah, you know, one thing I was wondering about is like, what happens if you like, you know, sometimes you just like eat a big bowl of chili the night before or, you know, oh, you know, I really just had to have that second bowl of lentil soup and where that pretty much puts your digestive system into, like, overdrive the next day. Like, how do you not, like, like pretty much fumigate the entire office? You know, because if you're in your own space, you can just kind of, like, you know, hope it just kind of dissipates before it goes far away. 
it's really going to be a proudly i'd say proudly <laughs> take take ownership <laughs> like hey craig why why are all of your coworkers dead <laughs> i take ownership <laughs> it's like from my cube chair i sound my barbaric yaw <laughs> Oh, I've never heard the word yop before. <laughs> um, I would uh, yeah, it's, it's going to happen. You you're going to have to be ready to roll with it. Yeah, it is. Um, I I say just, you know, blame it on someone else. I will. I I'm just hoping that someone else kind of breaks the ice before me, so <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> Petrifies the ice before me. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yes. So uh, that's infantile. Thanks, thanks for uh, bringing this to potty. Humor. <laughs> we all know that uh, all roads lead to potty humor. All conversational that's roads. True. So, have there been any other changes with moving to the new space? There have. Uh, it, it's kind of funny. It's not really parking. Uh, yeah, we park in a parking garage now. Actually, I you know it's. I guess pretty nondescript. It, it's kind of nice, you know. We're just you go up. Well, actually, having a garage is great in the Northeast. Yeah, except for most of our spots are actually in like on the roof of the garage, so <laughs> it doesn't really not so. Good. Yeah, it doesn't really do much for us. So it's like basically now you can be closer to the source of the snow, so you get more of it. <laughs> so no, I mean that's it, it's it's actually fine. Um, uh, you know, the parking is different. Um, it, there's a co- like a Starbucks like coffee shop in the uh, first floor of the building, which is really awesome. So we just get on the elevator and go down and get our triple mocha china latte grande caramel macchiatos. I'm not sure if that that might actually be a disgusting drink, but uh, and yeah, I just I just bought a Starbucks gold card, so don't don't even start with. Ah, uh, I love Starbucks. I wish they would open up a Starbucks near us, but. There is a subway, a Pizza Hut, a grocery store, a diner, and uh, like a health food store, all within walking distance of the uh, of the of the office, which is pretty cool. So before there was nothing within walking distance except for an industrial park, and that's not really a particularly great place to go to lunch. We're, we're actually what? Yeah, we're actually like a two minute drive from. This is local information from people who aren't from Maine. We're about a two minute drive from the Great Lost Bear. Which is oh wonderful, and which would make me think about drinking beer at lunchtime because <laughs> they have a lot of beer. So like three hundred or a hundred or a lot, at, at least three. More Beers. beer than I could drink in one go. Yeah, I don't know. I think you could probably handle it. We would just need to take you to the hospital afterwards. True, but so the one other big thing that they had is, uh, and, and I thought we might talk about this a little bit just to because I know you've had some experience with this, is they've instituted an office dress code. Oh, no. Well, I, I would have to say I kind of knew it was coming because we had like a little like a company outing a few weeks ago or a few months ago or whatever. And uh, one of the people was there, and I, I was talking about why I really liked working at the company I do. And I said, really what puts it above and beyond any other company I could work for is the pretty relaxed dress code. And she said, oh, that's going to change. You know, so-and-so wants to institute a dress code. I'm like, uh-oh. So I went out and bought a whole bunch of new clothes because I knew it was coming. And all my coworkers were like, no, we won't have a dress code. Come on. I said, I will bet you a million dollars that within, you know, within one month we'll have a dress code. And then, like, the next day we had a dress code. 
So you're a millionaire. Yeah, you know, they don't ever pay. Actually, I owe my coworkers millions of dollars <laughs> because of bets like those. <laughs> so, but an inter- so what I wanted to talk about is how does dress code affect morale in an office? You know, or in any workplace, because in certain industries, dress codes are just taken for granted. For for instance, for instance, if you work in the medical industry, you're going to wear scrubs. If you work in retail, you're going to work. You're going to have a dress code that is going to match kind of the clientele of your store. For instance, if you work uh, at Home Depot, you're going to be. You know, you pretty much can wear like you know just you know, polo shirts or flannel or jeans or whatever, you know, just kind of neat kind of work around the house clothes. Uh, if you work at like a, at a, like a men's clothing store, you're going to wear a suit, you know, or if you work at a woman's clothing store, you're going to probably wear, you know, a, I don't know, we do a, a, a women's suit, you know, stuff like that. A pants, a pantsuit or like a, I don't, or, or you know, a, a skirt and blouse. Yeah, but you'll look nice. You know, you're, you'll dress, you know, formal. And yeah, I mean, and some of these are functional, right? I mean, you wear scrubs in the medical industry because you're doing medical work, and you should be wearing scrubs. Yes. Or if you're in the military, you might wear a uh, like, say, you're in Iraq or something. You're going to wear like kind of that beige camouflage. It's it's so that you blend into the sand, so people can't shoot you. Yeah. And or armor to stop bullets, but I, I see where you're going. Yeah, right, you, but it's kind of, right, yeah, or, or armor, right, that's probably good. Or, you know, any of those things, uh, police, you know, you kind of, I think there's just kind of a thing, you wear the uniform of police because uh, it just like, it's like a recognizable thing and people kind of behave around you. But, so you have some places where a dress code isn't like even like, you know, something that you would kind of like quibble about. It's just, that's the way it is. But when you get into uh, something like, you know, IT or, you know, or the IT part of another business, which is even a grayer area. So like if you're an IT consultant, you know, what what should your dress code be? Our dress code, our dress code has been adjusted basically to exclude jeans, like jeans and sandals and stuff like that. And not that that was a big deal. Uh, or, And I think maybe shorts too. I'm not sure. I never wore shorts to work. But but it was basically to get rid of jeans because, you know, basically they said now that we have a nice space, we need to like kind of, you know, reflect the professionalism that our uh, our space projects. Right, and I can I can see that, right? I mean, clearly, if they're changing space like that, they are trying to alter their corporate image. Yes, like I mean, like it or not, dress code's part of that. Um, at, at my previous position, we were a business casual, so no jeans, uh, collared shirts at all times. Um, I got a severe talking to when I dared to wear ankle socks. <gasps> what about what no. about the the expensive sweater story? I always get a kick out of that. I'm not going to tell the expensive story. That was a good story. It was a good story. The short version is a coworker of mine uh, had a an altercation involving an expensive sweater that was perceived to be a sweatshirt <laughs> because the knit was so fine on it. That didn't go so well. An expensive sweater is a sweatshirt. Well, you know. But uh, like, so what do you think the morale uh, effect of this could be? You know, does it? Do you think that 
kind of taking away people's ability to wear jeans or to wear sweatshirts or whatever, do you think that that would really hurt morale? Or do you think that overall it would eventually have a positive effect on morale? Um, I think taking it away immediately will have a negative effect. Not huge. No one's going well, I'm not going to say no one's going to quit over it, but I can't imagine the person who would. Um, but, you know, would people be a little bummed about it? Probably. I mean, it's um, it's just a hassle. It's expensive, too. I mean, it's a lot more expensive to dress nicely than to wear jeans and a T-shirt. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. And, uh, however, you know, I, I'm, I'm, ha- I'm saying, or I'm thinking that uh, it actually – for like IT consulting can be a positive thing because what happens if you're in the office and one of your clients pops in, you know, and then you're kind of always like ready for clients, even if you're not wearing yeah, I think it's, suit tie. It's good for that kind of perception, right? If, if everyone's dressed kind of sharply, I mean, it, it'll look better to a client. I mean, there's, there's, there's no question about that. Um, one of the things that was kind of a culture shock to me moving into the game industry is we do wear shorts and sandals and t-shirts to work and that, was kind of weird for me just at first. I was like, wow, I'm used to button shirts every single day. I still wear button shirts most of the time just because that's what I spent all of my clothing money on when I had to. <laughs> do, do they think that you're, uh, that you're snooty? No, I've learned to roll up the sleeves and then they're totally okay with oh, it. I roll up sleeves too, but I don't think that's against the dress code. I think that makes you look like a hard worker. It, it's, it says, I'm dressed nicely, but I'm working hard. Right, and I wear sandals all the time because it's this is California, and you just do that sort of thing here. Yeah, you dirty hippies. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I, I've never been a big sandal fan. I don't know, just because sandals involve bare feet and bare feet to work. I don't know people's like unhygienic bare feet. Like I would never wear sandals to work. Why? Yeah, I could. See. Now I will never wear um, sandals to work because I am not allowed to, which probably is good. Right. Um, and I'm, I'm really going to agree. If you have client contact and they're expecting a business professional environment, they're going to want to see people in business professional attire. Yeah. Um, on, the, on the other hand, it, it can go the other way. Um, I actually was roundly mocked because I showed up for my interview here in a suit. Really? Uh, I just figured I, – I, I wondered. I had a feeling for their culture that it may not be uh, what they needed, but I figured um, a, a jacket and tie can come off, but you – you you should you can't put on a jacket and tie subtly and people say oh I didn't even notice your suit <laughs> yeah the, I think yeah that, that's interesting you can never go wrong you know it's one of those things you can never go wrong kind of dressing up but you can go wrong dressing down I mean I suppose if you wore a tuxedo to work people might think that that might be a little over the top but if you if you wore a suit to work every day people might say you know think that you're weird or kiss ass or something but the fact of the matter is no one's going to say um you're dressed too nicely right so i mean i can see some environments right like i said where i work in the game industry things just are a lot more relaxed nobody's uh they're expecting a little bit of creativity and weirdness nobody's going to freak out if you're wearing a hat at work or if you're wearing shorts or sandals or jeans um i would say probably the most common outfit at my workplaces jeans and a nice t-shirt or a polo a nice t-shirt does that mean it doesn't have any curse words on it i wouldn't go that far but it wouldn't be ripped at least oh hmm but i don't know i can't i can't even think of anything to say about ripped t-shirts because they're just so nice um 
Right. Not the, I mean, on the other hand, we don't – it's not like uh, we're the people dealing with business partners and all that. Um, the The executive team would handle that kind of stuff, and I think they are more in the know of when to updress. Updress. Yeah, and, and one of the things is like, you know, you also have to take comfort into, uh, into account. And you know what? You – I would say, you know, a few years ago, it might be easy to say, well, jeans are comfortable, but, you know, other like, you know, dress pants or whatever are are kind of inherently uncomfortable and whatever, blah, blah. But you know what? You can get pants that are just as comfortable as, uh, you know, jeans and you can get shirts that are just as comfortable as T-shirts and that look, you know, much nicer. So overall, it's probably kind of a wash. Yeah. And I mean, it's like I said, it's. There's definitely an aspect of, gee, it's nice to just be able to throw on whatever and go to work. Um, but I can't see it having a lasting significant effect on morale. It's one of those, it's like, it's a neat perk, kind of like having really nice coffee. Uh, but if you have okay coffee, that's not going to make you a miserable employee. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, miserable coffee definitely is not a deal breaker. Although, I mean, our... Our employer only stocks Heineken for free beer Fridays. How dare they? <laughs> uh, see, that's actually we, we we have free beer Friday though. I'm I'm not making that up. Okay, uh, I, 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 the game industry is weird, dude. I know it sounds very weird. We have it, it's good it's good beer because one of the vice presidents is a Guinness fan. We have organ donation Friday, so <laughs> I'm gi- I'm give- you can only participate a few times. I'm giving my spleen. No, I'm giving my spleen. You can give a kidney. <sighs> Kidneys are so lame. Kidneys are so last week. Um, so one thing that I think people worry about sometimes that having a strict dress code could uh, turn off some of the you know crazy autistic Rain Man geniuses. Um, who did I not offend with that statement? Wow. <laughs> um, and I I think a shirt and tie environment might do that. Uh, but I can't imagine any business casual dress code really being that big a deal. Can I tell you, my opinion on that is that perhaps, yeah, a shirt and tie is kind of stuffy for some people. But, you know, you say, oh, the crazy Rain Man, whatever, blah, blah, they can't function in a, you know, in an environment where they have to wear shoes or, you know, an environment where they, you know, can't wear tank tops or whatever. And the fact of the matter is, for every one person, one smart person like that who, like, can't seem to conform to social norms, there are a thousand people that will do just fine with a normal dress code that, you know, will, you know, can just, like, suck it up and, you know, put on, you know, a pair of dress shoes or can, you know, button up their shirt or whatever, you know? So... A pair? Craig, you have black and brown. Bra- black and brown what? Shoes? You you have to have two pairs, yeah. You have to have your black shoes and your brown shoes. Oh. I can't e- I can't even talk to you. Yeah, you're you're so dandy, Pat. <laughs> Actually I do have I have black and brown and I also have a black and brown belt. I have black shoes and a black belt. And karate. <laughs> <laughs> I started with just black, but when I actually did have to be business casual every day, um, it just extends the life of your shoes if you can swap off. Yeah, that's, I good can little, see that. Good little tip. Uh, that, that is a good tip. And and plus, it's good to mix things up. Exactly. You're like, today I'm going to live crazy. I'm wearing khakis. Ooh. All right. Boss be damned. So I have, to, I have compiled a list of what I think 
should be necessary parts of any office dress code, regardless of business casual or formal or whatever. Here's my, here is my list of the five things that should be on every, in every dress code. Sandals with socks. You know how that, how good that is. Um, okay. I'm on board. Hats, baseball caps. Definitely. Or, or or those Brazilian or no, I don't know sure if they're Brazilian Nepal hats where it has like the little ear flaps definitely those. Okay, well hats I'm not sold on. I mean, if you are a casual dress code, I can see hats happening. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm being kind of smartass here, but uh, I'll give you hats. Okay, uh, they're probably on the edge. Okay. Now the other one, the next one isn't actually an article of clothing. It's just more of like kind of a style. Uh, anything in camouflage, because what it will allow you to do is, uh, if they can't really see you in the office, then you don't technically take up as much space, so you can actually save the company money. Well, that's that. That's awful. I just think camo looks, you know, retarded. Oh, okay. Um, I I like the urban camouflage. That'll be like. White, gray, and pink. It's like, holy crap, I didn't see you and almost ran you over with my car. Uh, wow, that's really good camo. <laughs> All right, the next one I think we <laughs> the next very important part of any dress code is tube tops. What, you, think you think tube tops should be part of the dress code? What kind of sick human being are you? Oh, you mean no tube tops? No, mandatory tube tops. Oh, oh, I'm stabbing out my eyes. <laughs> you know what the worst part about tube tops is? There were those people... Who- <laughs> wait, wait, that implies there's a good, good part about tube tops. Okay. <laughs> no, no, it's, it starts from bad and it goes to worse. Okay, um, what's the worst part about tube tops? The top? worst part is that one person you'll see out of every thousand who looks good in a tube top, and that's just the proof that nobody should ever wear them. Yeah. <laughs> so even if you look, so if you looking good in a tube top is still kind of like looking bad overall. Yes, because you're going to encourage someone else who shouldn't to try it. Oh, okay. My my my. The one, uh, you, you know what I'm talking about? The ones that look like they just cinched up a can of spam with some gauze. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Oh. You, you, you know what I'm talking about. So, yeah, let's get tube tops right out of the dress code. Oh, okay. All right. So what you're saying is rather than mandatory tube tops, we should have prohibited tube tops. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to line that one out. Okay. My final one is <laughs> – This must be awesome. You can't even say it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Oh, it's just the phrase is funny. A, a, a pink taffeta sports coat. <laughs> wow. Um, Mandatory. I don't know. Let's see. Lori has a pink tweed coat. That's not taffeta, so. <laughs> no. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to ban the pink taffeta sports coat while I'm at it. Nothing's wrong with pink. I have a hot pink shirt that actually is in my power suit. I even have a tie to go with my hot pink shirt. Interesting. Yeah, Not it's really kind. Of, it's kind of you know Miami. Oh, okay. Well, I feel like right. you should call me Crockett, and I should be chasing drug dealers. <laughs> okay, Don. <laughs> <laughs> or you should call me El Chupacabra, and I should be a drug dealer, maybe. Oh, you're not allowed to talk anymore. 
Oh. Because... Can my drug dealer name still be El Chupacabra? <laughs> okay, you go have fun with that. <laughs> so, all right, pink taffeta sports coat, tube top, coat, tube tops, camouflage, hats, and sandals with socks. Sandals with socks is more of just like a fashion faux pas than dress code faux pas. So, anyway, those are all right. So, those are just, <laughs> just some examples of why we need to dress. We why dress codes can be okay because then you prevent people from wearing stuff like that. <laughs> I've worn sandals with socks before, but I'm not saying that's a defense. It, I shouldn't have done it. You know, it, there's, you know, what I say people here in the Northeast. Is that did you wear sandals with socks here when you lived in the Northeast? Yeah. All right. Cause it, it, let me guess. Your defense was probably well. It was to keep my feet warm because it's cold eleven and a half months out of the year, right? Right. And, and so the, my answer to that is. They have this new invention. It's called shoes. <laughs> they, they keep your feet far warmer than sandals ever, ever could possibly. Okay, so, that, that, that's probably a good point. Okay. So, all right. So this has been the Tweaky Geek Fashion Podcast. <laughs> okay. If you want a real fashion podcast, go check out GQ.com. Are you serious? I don't think... Well, the last time I checked, the GQ podcast was kind of general. But once in a while, the style guy is on it. Or maybe he's always on it. I don't know. They have a guy whose job title is the style guy. That's kind of a cool title. I could that, deal with that. That is a that is a very cool. But he's a dick because he's the guy who told me I could wear ankle socks. <laughs> well, you know what the, the fact of the matter is? Is that he was probably right. And That's true. I'm, I'm going to go with the guy whose job title is Style Guy. He can make the decision on socks. Yeah, and probably your people are a little behind the times. That, that's one th- one problem you have with trends is that usually the people that kind of matter are like usually one trend behind. So ankle socks are probably probably fine. In you know probably they're all wearing ankle socks now. That's probably true. What were they doing looking at your socks anyway? I mean, I don't think anyone's ever looked at my socks. I can't even tell the rest of the story. It's, there, there's so much more. It's terrible. Okay. <laughs> well, let's, we'll just let our, our listeners imagine. Someday when I write my memoirs of dysfunctional employers, I'll, I'll, I'll do a tell-all. It'll be really embarrassing. But everyone involved will be dead. <laughs> because you will have killed them or because they will have died of old age? Uh, yes. <laughs> I see. Okay. Well, Pat, I would have to say that we've pretty much covered all that stuff about moving to the new office. And I will be, I'm sure, giving updates and woes and, you know, stories and happy tales of the new office. Maybe, uh, you know, maybe something really cool will happen. Maybe, like, a uh, a hot chick law firm will move in under us. So I don't know. That would be great. So, I mean, it sounds like it's a positive improvement for you guys. You're going for the, the more professional atmosphere and appearance. Yeah, it's, it's pretty nice. nice. But so I think now, because before we put all of our, our uh, losers, I mean, listeners to sleep, we should. Uh, that, was, that was 25 minutes ago. <laughs> That's right. All right. Hold on. Hey, wake up. Okay. I think they're all awake. Does that now. work? Um, I don't know, but, uh, I just woke up the neighborhood. So, all right. Well, so I think now before we, before we kind of shut down this machine called tweaking geek, we should, we should present our listeners with 
the latest news of the week. So, Pat, <laughs> what, since uh, I think I've been going first on lamest news of the week, so I think you should tell us okay. your good First stuff. of all, we can't keep calling this spot the lamest news of the week. We need a new bumper because we release like every two or three or four weeks as we see, as we see fit. The lamest so like news, lamest of, news the of the indeterminate time segment since the most recent podcast. Podcast, podcast. Do you like, it, do you like my new bumper? Um, well, it's not actually technically a bumper until I extract it from this audio stream and keep inserting it. And I'm pretty sure that's not going to happen because, uh, you know, I, I would just have to say that maybe calling it the lamest news of the week is stupid. But that little trumpet flourish uh, is pretty nice. <laughs> okay. So uh, let's move on to the lame news. So mine is Google has a new feature. And this feature is they're tracking flu trends. Interesting. So apparently certain search terms uh, come up when flus come up. And so there's some correlation and they think this can actually provide um, this can actually provide an early warning on flu. Interesting. Yeah. Do you want to know <laughs> I'm looking at the map right now. This is very fascinating. Do you want to know what the the biggest uh, flu I don't know, whatever flu activity searches are right now, which states? Uh, guess. Can I guess or can I load the map? No, you have to guess because this is fun. Um, I don't know. Oh, you lose. No, all right. So this is kind of like kind of all, all worlds. So we have Maine. Wow, oh, how ironic. Delaware. <laughs> what? Kentucky. You know, maybe it's like a percentage because like the three people who live in Delaware all have – the flu maybe but so kentucky arkansas mississippi and hawaii hawaii <laughs> yeah Do they like have to import the flu i don't know i mean if it's airborne i would that's pretty nerve-wracking but i just think it's funny because maine delaware kentucky arkansas mississippi and hawaii all have moderate flu activity and everywhere else is low or texas and nevada are minimal but that's because they're that's because those states are desiccated, so there's no, nothing can live there for huh. at all. So it's it's I don't know maybe there's something to it, right? They say there's a correlation between flu outbreaks and people searching for flu information. So um, maybe we can learn from this. I don't know, but it's maybe not. Maybe it's one big boondoggle, and so that's why I'm nominating it for lame news. Do, do you think that there would be a <laughs> a, uh, <laughs> a correlation between <laughs> diarrhea outbreaks and people searching for information on laxatives. <laughs> um, I'm not certain that the CDC maintains statistics on skid marks. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, <laughs> that was lame news. So was this lame news that the news itself was lame or it, was this – that it's lame that this was in the news, or it's news about something that's lame. I don't know. It's it. It just strikes me as like this is great lame news. That is great lame news. Or, I mean, I don't know if our lame news is going to stay lame, or if we're going to start being like weird. 
<laughs> well, my 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 news that I found <laughs> is is not as like probably relevant as yours. That was that was actually I have to say that was actually pretty interesting. You know, it, it, it's definitely fascinating. Mine, however. <laughs> <laughs> the headline is this kind of like just kind of caught my eye and I'm like, oh, this is totally going in. Uh, cops have tough time finding sober driver for boy. <laughs> so what happened is that the cops in Indiana, Sherrillville, Indiana, they stopped this woman for drunk driving and uh, her, she had her one year old son with her. So they were going to take this her. This doesn't really sound very funny. What are you laughing? <laughs> no, it gets better. So they're going to take her into custody, right? Okay, okay, fine. So they take her into custody, and then they uh, so they call up her father, the, the child's father, to come pick up the one year old. But when the child's father arrives, he he was drunk, and they arrested him for driving to the uh, to pick up. <laughs> The nice. boy drunk driving. So then, then they called the boy's grandparents. And they showed up, but they were drunk too. <laughs> wow! So, Family alcoholism doesn't get any funnier than this. The, Did they the, find some drunk orphans and kill them? Exactly. That's the only way this could get any funnier. It's pretty funny. Well, all right. So the, the, there is a silver lining of this story. The uh, the grandmother who had driven the her and the grandfather to pick up the boy were not actually. She was not actually over the legal limit. She was just like mildly intoxicated. So so they got a police escort home. Okay. Um. Wow, this is this is the news about lame people. You win. I think you win lame news for like all time. Oh my god, isn't that fun? That's uh, um, you're you're really sick. You know that. You should you should get help. Oh, I I just love that. You know, it's just like everyone that shows up is drunk. Oh, I just I la- I must have laughed for an hour about that, and I'm continuing to do so. Oh my, okay. So I am now officially done laughing, and we're only going to talk about serious things now. Which Great, is like the end of the show. <laughs> exactly. Thank God. Awesome. The show is done. I survived another one. Yay, I survived another one, too. Shut up. Not yet, you haven't. Hmm. Are you going to send a jolt of electricity through my Skype headset and fry my brain? Maybe. Ah, too late. It's already fried. <laughs> I'm I'm running on fumes here. Okay, so uh shout outs. We already did a shout out to all of our you know, long standing listeners. But you know what? Since you're so needy, I'm gonna do it again. Okay. Aw. Thanks yeah. for listening. Oh, thank you, listeners. That we're very happy that you listened. Um uh we we got some good comments on our entry last last week, although I would have to say that it was people didn't comment on it on it as much. So uh all right, so listeners, we love we love getting your comments, and you if you want to have us read your any of your stuff on the air, send it to tg at tweakinggeek.com. or you can call our voicemail, and that is a service that <laughs> well, while our web page is loading because we <laughs> sure don't know this number. Oh, I don't it's like you ever call your own phone number? <laughs> yes, to see you know, what I'm up to. <laughs> what are you up to? 
Uh, you, usually it's busy. So uh, you can reach us at 678-999-6321. Um, that was like the numbers nine. I'm not like 678. No, no, no. Uh, it's 678-999-6321. Uh, leave us a voicemail. We'd love to play it on the show. You'll make fun of you, though. So just you know, know that going in. Exactly. So do that and then call or you can visit – as always, you can visit our blog at www.tweakinggeek.com slash podcast. Leave a comment and, uh, and, uh, and to all of our wonderful, fabulous listeners, if you want to leave a comment for Tweaking Geek, you might want to actually do it at the Tweaking Geek blog, <laughs> not at one of the other blogs that track back. Oh, yeah, that's right. I did, I did, in fact, get a comment for Tweaking Geek on World 4, which is like my blog. So, I mean, I, I, it's not like I can't read one and like do a little interpretation. Uh, it's just that, you know, it might not get to us, uh, but thanks for commenting Flo. That was awesome. Yeah, it, it was great. And we will definitely, uh, and you gave us some good topics for, uh, for future shows and we will definitely address those. So, uh, Flo. All right. Yeah. I want to do a shout out to Flo because Flo yes. is like, she is basically our most hardcore listener. You know. Awesome. And I'd have talked about this this week, but this is actually a really hard question. So to kind of give you a spoiler for next time, uh, we were asked you know, how to teach kids about computer programming and when to do it and all that. And uh, You know, when I was a kid, you turned a computer on and you were in a programming environment. So it's not like that anymore. So this is actually a really good question that I, I want to research before I try to answer. That's right. So what you're going to do is you're going to go abduct a lot of children and sit them in front of computers until they learn how to program? Yes, and we'll see what comes up. It's like, stop crying and start programming. I also want to give a shout-out to Mike Swindler, who was our guest host a few weeks back. Um, He sent us this great how-to on how we could make our page uh, more iPod-friendly. Oh, yeah, that's great. Um, And we just don't care enough to actually do it. Yeah, I want to make it... Make our blog as unfriendly as possible. So from now on, the only way you're going to be able to view our blog is with links. Right. In fact, if you load it with an iPod, the iPod will overheat and explode in your pocket. So don't do it. Let's just say every every time that you load tweakinggeek.com in an iPod or an iPhone, there's an orphan out there. Well, let's say there's one less orphan out there. (laughs) (laughs) But. In all seriousness, we want to thank him, and we'll probably roll this in whenever we feel ambitious enough to update our theme. Yes, so we, we will do that, and that's fabulous. Uh, so oh, I also I, okay, I have one more, not really an announcement, but so one of, uh, one of our listeners and me have an, another secret project going on. So uh, in, in the next, probably in two or three shows, I'm going to have a secret project to uh, announce that awesome. to the world. I don't think it's very secret because you told me what it is. You mean... Oh, I just blew your cover. Wow. Yeah, so don't don't tell anybody. I don't even I'll, know. what it, I told you what my project was? Yeah. Okay, well, don't tell everybody because it's a secret. And obviously, it's a, tele, telephone, television, and tell Craig anything. And that's the best way to disseminate information, so... Right, okay. For anyone who's into gaming news, I've actually launched my own side podcast. I... By which I mean I've done it twice, and I can't decide if I want to continue with it. Oh yeah, you should continue. It was really good. So yeah, so uh, check it out. It's on. Uh, it's the World Forecast, which I think implies that I should be doing some like prognostication, and I don't really do that. Um, but I do recap video game news. So go check that out at WorldIV.com. 
It's a link way down at the bottom of the page. Exactly. It, it was a good podcast. But I have to ask you one question before we sign off. So you okay. just used some pretty good uh, vocabulary there, prognostication. The, the challenge for the readers this week or listeners this week is what is the difference between prognostication and prestidigitation or however you pronounce that? Answer this right, and I will give you a free something from Craig's house. <laughs> hopefully, it's hopefully it's dirt. <laughs> okay, well, everybody, thank you for listening, and I hope that your death is a quick and painless one. Bye for now. <laughs> Bye. I had something for dinner tonight, and it was yummy. And we all know an epic is, right? It, it's it's a story. It's a long story with a complicated plot and many, many main characters. Have you stopped oh. recording yet, by the way? No. <laughs> all right. I, I, well, I'm going to go uh, get my uh, Trogdor, the Enforcer, Dark Elf, Demon Enchanter costume ready for the uh, World of Warcraft rollout tomorrow. All right, you have fun storming the castle. <laughs> oh, is that what you kids are calling it these days? <laughs> wow, you're such a fucking hate you, and I'm gonna kick you in the nuts. Oh, you want you want to allow me to use the cuckoo clock sound again? <laughs> <laughs> I like kitties. I said that last a couple weeks ago. I uh, hate kitties. <laughs> now that's funny. <laughs> Tweaking Geek, signing off. <laughs>